Hello, I'm M3, and this is my opinion from March 28th, 2018. Here today with a recap of SmackDown Live from last night, March 27th, coming from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, just 12 days before the biggest event in professional wrestling, WrestleMania, coming up from the Mercedes-Benz Superdome on April 8th, and now you can feel the anticipation in the air, you can feel the buzz in the air, we're getting closer and closer to that big day, with now just one more Raw and one more SmackDown left before the show, and the WrestleMania card, as far as the SmackDown side, becoming a little more clear now. Some new um, obstacles thrown in the mix, some new interesting things thrown in the mix. So let's get this started with talking about the opening match of the night last night. It was supposed to originally be Bobby Roode and uh, Randy Orton uh, going up against uh, Jindam Hall and Sunil Singh after last week when Rude and Orton uh, beat up uh, Sunil Singh when Mahal ran like a coward. But uh, Mahal, they tried to pull this whole claim that Sunil Singh was too hurt to pain. You knew that they were going to do something because Sunil Singh is just out there uh, to be, you know, a mouthpiece and a, a a manager, should we say, for Jinder Mahal. And whenever Jinder's in a tough situation, he throws th- them to him and his brother Samir when he's healthy to the wolves, so he can he can run off and protect himself. And it draws more heat upon him. And quite frankly, it's worked over this last year since Jinder Mahal took big steps in his career and became the main event talent that he is. And now he's going into WrestleMania this year where he'll be facing Bobby Roode and Randy Orton. Or so he thought, because he used the excuse that Sunil Singh was too hard to compete, allowed himself to choose a, a different tag team partner, and he chose Rusev, which went over great with the crowd because this and the funny thing here is that they may at some point have to turn Rusev face which I never thought was possible when you consider this whole Rusev day thing which is something I never thought would stick I never thought would become an actual thing he comes out he gets great reactions from the crowd there's a big pop but the crowd is chanting Rusev day and you're excited to see uh, him uh, team with Mahal. Remember, they used to be tag team partners over on Monday Night Raw. And it made for a much better matchup because, as I said, no one wants to see the the Singh brothers uh, teaming with Mahal against two guys like Orton and Rude. I actually want to see somewhat of a more competitive match. And you, know, you, you saw finally tension reach a boiling point between Orton and Rude. They they kept they they weren't actually working together as a team. They it was a thing of one upsmanship. They they would keep blind tagging themselves into the match, including late in the match when it looked like Rude was about to get the upper hand again on Mahal. 
Orton uh, tagged himself in when Rude was uh, coming off the ropes. And that led to a, a little bit of an argument between the two of them. And they're arguing, they're bickering back and forth is what led to their loss last night. Because Orton looked like he, he was uh, setting up for the RKO on Rusev. Uh, Rude comes in to stop Mahal and he gets pushed right on top of Orton. And Orton not realizing that Orton then RKOs him to continue building where to the point where these two guys are going to be so frustrated for uh, fighting each other that it could lead to an opening for Mahal at WrestleMania. But there's a little bit of a roadblock there now for Jinder Mahal because after Orton RKO'd Bobby Roode, Rusev came in super kicked to Orton to uh, get the victory for his team. And there Mahal thinking, oh, all right, I build momentum for WrestleMania. He goes backstage and, and Rusev tells him, I'm going to go get myself added to this match and make it a fatal four-way. And now it's official Rusev will be in the U.S. title match. This will be a fatal four-way match at WrestleMania. And it's good to see for Rusev, as we've talked about many times in the recent weeks, uh, Rusev has had many great showings here going back to Fastlane, but has come up short in each of them. Now he gets this big victory, and it gives him some momentum, and it gives him an actual storyline to be a part of. Kind of a weird way to go about it, because usually you don't see guys added to these title matches just a week and a half before WrestleMania. I figured that he was going to be part of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal at WrestleMania, win that, and it would be a great stepping stone for his career. But now he gets a chance to become United States champion for the third time, and it it makes the story even in- interesting because Mahal has spent this whole time trying to be a thorn between Orton and Rude get them so pissed off with one another that oh they'd lose focus on him and he'd be able to sneak in with the win at WrestleMania. Now you add Rusev to the mix and it's foiled all of his plans here because now he's got to watch out for three guys and not just two. So that the Fatal 4-Way match should be one of the more interesting matches to watch on WrestleMania. And now you just add to it the fact that it's for one of the most prestigious titles in the history of professional wrestling. Well, only representation we saw from the women's division last night was a match between Becky Lynch and uh, the leader of the Riot Squad, Ruby Riot, who, of course, she had her two Riot Squad teammates out there in Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan continuously getting involved in the action, but uh, wound up not being uh, too much of a factor to cost Lynch the match because Lynch was able to, late in the match, hurl uh, Ruby into Liv Morgan when she got onto the apron, uh, knocking Liv Morgan onto Sarah Logan and allowing enough of a distraction for Becky Lynch to uh, pull off the victory against Riot. After the match, both uh, Logan and uh, Morgan tried to 
attack her, but um, you saw possibly a sign of things to come with uh, Becky throwing both of them over the top rope, stating her intentions to not just enter, but win the Women's Battle Royal at WrestleMania. And then, now, it, good for Becky to get the victory here on SmackDown, but I'm not buying this whole Riot Squad group thing. I mean, they're not as believable and not working as much for me as, say, what you're seeing on Raw with Absolution. Because Absolution is is winning big matches. Absolution is uh, taking advantage of, you know, when friends are, ha- are having problems between each other and pull pulling off the win to create even more tension. The, the Riot Squad, they keep getting to a certain point before they're always losing uh, big matches, uh, whether it be building up Ruby just enough to then have her lose a close match against Charlotte at Fastlane, or last night her losing just essentially a throwaway match because other than you know, building toward the uh, WrestleMania Battle Royal between the women of Raw, SmackDown, and possibly some from NXT, there hasn't been much tension between the Riot Squad and Becky Lynch uh, since November when they first debuted and attacked her. I and mean, yeah, there was a couple matches leading up to the rest, the Royal Women's Royal Rumble at, in January, but. Since then, there hasn't been much of a uh, squabble between th- those two sides, and you know, I just, I just keep thinking to myself, this, this riot squad thing might just be a waste of time. I mean, you look at, at them. Ruby Riot can fit the role of, of a natural heel, easily, but does she really need a group behind her to support her? And this, this chick, Liv Morgan, who I, I've brought up several times. Now, I've watched her down in NXT, and I figured, oh, when she comes up, she'll be the, the next, like, the beloved babyface uh, women's wrestler. The, you know, I guess SmackDown's ver- version of Bailey. I, she's just not believable as a heel to me. And with Sarah Logan, who's supposed to be the powerhouse of the group, she's she still seems very raw and not ready to be on the main roster. Still feels Russian. I mean, we barely ever saw her on NXT. She competed in the in the Mae Young Classic last year, but other than that, hasn't had uh, much uh, of ring time either. So I, I don't know. I just I'm not buying this whole Riot Squad thing. I don't, I I think this may eventually feel like a waste of time in each one of them's careers. Daniel Bryan appeared last night after just getting his, his ass kicked till by Owens and Sami Zayn uh, on last week's episode of SmackDown, uh, following him firing them for their actions a couple weeks ago toward SmackDown Commissioner uh, Shane McMahon. And, you know, they've played up this whole Sammy and Kevin are fired thing very well by having Kevin go back to his real name, Kevin Steen, on his social media page, as well as having Sammy restart the Twitter account 
of his indies uh, wrestling character when he was known as El Generico and was wearing the mask. Plus, the two it doesn't hurt the they had the two of them invade a uh, SmackDown live show on uh, Saturday. Uh, grab the mic and you know, call out and break da- um, down Daniel Bryan for, uh, in their minds, betraying them. And you know, I figured they played off a little bit the beating Daniel Bryan had last week by not having him show up uh, this week, just like they did with Shane McMahon. But instead, he was right back on the show. And instead of, you know, at first you, you just heard Daniel Bryan, the general manager. But toward the end of uh, his uh, promo, you heard Daniel Bryan, the wrestler, when he threw off his uh, blazer, when he talked about how much he disliked being in board meetings, uh, didn't like... Uh, pre-show, the pre-show meetings, and uh, it felt authentic talking about his animosity toward the two of them, the fact that he had just got cleared uh, to be a wrestler again, and they tried to take that away from him with the halluva kick and then the power bomb on the apron, and exhibited that same passion that we saw him back when he was going up against the authority back when he was getting title matches at WrestleMania, main eventing WrestleMania 30, and you felt the yes movement back. And now we have a clear picture. We ne- we now know when the return date is of Daniel Bryan as an in-ring wrestler with him announcing the challenge to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to face him and Shane McMahon at WrestleMania in, in a match in which Zayn and uh, Owens win, they get their jobs back. If not, they remain fired. And you know, at, at some point, that Zayn and Owens are going to be back on the active roster. It's, it's just, it's got me wondering would they really have Daniel Bryan lose his first match? Uh, Back as an active wrestler in over three years with all the anticipation, all the excitement, and you're returning back to the the site of one of the best scenes in the history of of professional wrestling when the Yes movement really was at its height with Daniel Bryan holding the two world title belts over his head at the end of WrestleMania 30 the enti- the fireworks going off the the uh, the fans all chanting yes 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 I, I i don't see how they have Owens and Zayn win that match if anything i see a scenario where uh where Daniel Bryan goes over very well in this match gets the victory over one of them and Owens and Zayn eventually get rehired on the the Raw brand after WrestleMania, whether it be by Stephanie and Triple H or it be by Kurt Angle, because I, I can't see them having 
Daniel Bryan lose this match unless someone interferes and, and costs him it and Shane the victory or the some underhanded tactics by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It, it just would not make sense that three years out of the game that you have of Daniel Bryan lose his first match back with how excited and jacked up the crowd is for this moment. And he really built up this moment last night, especially when he threw the blazer to the ground and you could feel his true raw passion. And this is coming from a guy that for years he fought to get his dream back. And now at WrestleMania, his dream will continue once again. The New Day finally returned to SmackDown Live last night. We saw uh, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods for the first time since Fastlane when the Bludgeon Brothers came out, interrupted that tag title match, and and destroyed both the New Day and the Usos. And he, just as you saw with Daniel Bryan, uh, prior to them, you saw a lot of emotion from Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods for how the Bludgeon Brothers tried to end their careers and took an opportunity away from them from being five-time WWE Tag Team Champions at Fastlane, and they were they were back to uh, get revenge on uh, on the Bludgeon Brothers. But even with the three of them out there, there were no match for the Bludgeon Brothers. They continued this this build perfectly for Harper and Rowan as a legitimate dominant tag team, just you know running over some of the best teams in uh, SmackDown Live. And it even got got to the point, uh, where the where the Bludgeon Brothers were were going to attack the the Usos with those mallets, which they've been teasing, uh, time after time. And I do think eventually they're going to hit one of their opponents, um, with the, these mallets. Probably in the back, they won't they won't allow them to hit someone in the head or the face with them, at least as far as like swinging them. But they they continued to tease toward that, and that's when the Usos came out and made the save. But it, it uh, led to some uh, bickering and back and forth between the Usos and New Day because the match still technically wasn't over at the time when this happened. The the since the Bludgeon Brothers hadn't used the mallets yet, the ref couldn't ring the bell, and the, the Usos by coming in and attacking the Bludgeon Brothers cost a new day and led to a uh, disqualification for the new day. But now it uh, uh, has led to some good animosity between all three teams uh, uh, with the fact that both the tag champions and the new day want uh, revenge on Harper and Rowan. But the thing about Harper and Rowan, I don't even think they, Give a damn about the tag team titles. I, I think they just want to beat the living hell out of these uh, uh, two teams. And no, if they happen to get the tag titles along the way, then so be it. But uh, if, if in my mind, if the Bludgeon Brothers don't win 
the tag team titles at WrestleMania, that means one of two things happen. Either the Usos or the New Day snuck a, a victory over one one or the other, or the Bludgeon Brothers got themselves disqualified in this match because they need to win the tag titles at WrestleMania. As, as much as I love both the Usos and the New Day, this would be a waste of a storyline. This would be a waste of a build that they've done for Harper and Rowan over the last six months, ever since they made their return to SmackDown Live with this new fresher gimmick where they've been running over tag teams left and right. If they don't win the tag team titles now, it'll feel almost as much of a waste as it was back when they were still in the Wyatt family and they were having back-to-back months of classic matches with uh, the Usos to kick off pay-per-views only for them to result in having great matches but coming up on the short end. So it's kind of, uh, no, now they've got to be the tag team champions or this whole time has felt like a waste. Now in the main event last night, it was kind of a, a weirdly placed main event with no build-up to this match, with Shinsuke Nakamura going up against Shelton Benjamin, who we've rarely seen Benjamin and Gable on uh, SmackDown Live over the last several weeks. So I was you know, surprised he's facing Nakamura in the main event. I mean, we, we all know Benjamin's a great athlete, arguably still the best athlete in WWE, but just kind of a, a weird... Um, place match and I did it didn't overstay its welcome I actually had some good spots including the fact that you know, Nakamura had told uh, had talked to AJ Styles backstage um, before the match and asked the champ to be in his corner because uh, both of them agreed that they want the other at their best at, at Wrestlemania so AJ was out there to watch his back make sure that Gable didn't get it involved in the match, and you, you had some uh, kind of fun uh, uh, moments in the match, whether it be Styles uh, pulling Gable off the apron when he tried to interfere, or Nakamura able to counter Shelton Benjamin's finisher pay dirt uh, into an armbar attempt. As I said, the match went about. 10-12 minutes, didn't over completely overstay its uh, welcome there. Uh, Benjamin looked pretty good in the match, but he was just, you know he was there to mainly put over Nakamura and, and make continue to make Nakamura look strong heading into WrestleMania because they're not going to have either uh, the champion or the challenger lose prior to this match. But, you know, the... This has been one of the weird build-ups for a WWE title match in, of all time. It almost feels like they're building this up as a mid-card rivalry. But the problem is it's the WWE title. And you've got the winner of the Royal Rumble match. It's Shinsuke Nakamura, who the, the fans absolutely love. Going up against AJ Styles, who the fans absolutely love. Maybe it's the trouble that you run into when you have a babyface going up against a babyface that it's hard to have that mainstream when it's built off of respect and built and built off of uh, uh no each one of them trying to get the upper hand and uh, at times maybe getting on the other one's nerve because 
you had a, a promo between the two of them after the match where Shinsuke uh, actually told AJ that he didn't want him down here as his help. He just wanted him down here to show him how he was going to beat him at at WrestleMania. And AJ fired back with saying that they're going to tear the house down, but that he would still be the WWE champion after WrestleMania, leading to Shinsuke leaving and and to AJ actually getting attacked by both Gable and Benjamin before Nakamura came back to help him. But then you saw a moment there where Nakamura was possibly going to hit AJ Styles with his finisher, the Kinshasa, and as AJ was getting up, turning around, Nakamura just jumped in the air and came back down on both feet, showing them that, hey, I can hit the Kinshasa at any time, you know, teasing him with the fact that this is how I'm going to beat you at WrestleMania. And you just, you, the the look on AJ's face just felt so real, so like, oh my God, th- this guy was about to hit me with what's been one of the most devastating finishers in the company uh, the last two years. And I had no way of preparing to avoid it. And you, you just, as Nakamura walked off, you saw the look on AJ's face like, like wow, this, this guy can beat, not only can this guy beat me at WrestleMania, but that's how subtle and how quick it could end my title reign if he hits me with that move. So I thought that was a good way to finally build some tension between the two of them. It's just, as I said, I have not liked the fact that they've kind of mishandled the build for this match and and made it feel like it's a mid-card match. The WWE title should never be treated as a mid-card situation. That Hell, this match should be the main event of WrestleMania. It's it's most likely going to be the best match at WrestleMania. The, the winner of the Royal Rumble should be going on last, not, no, put on at the 9 o'clock hour and treated like, oh, um, as a matter of fact, this is going to happen. Yeah, you've got the bigger star appeal when it comes to from Raw with Ronda Rousey making her first WrestleMania appearance or with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns having a rematch of their WrestleMania main event from three years ago. Or The Undertaker possibly coming back and facing John Cena. But this match is going to be the match that steals the show. This match features the winner of the Royal Rumble. This match features the biggest title in the history of of this company. And it should be treated as such. It should be treated with uh, the the top level pride that um, a WWE title match should be treated as. And... I haven't gotten that feeling all throughout this build. I've not. I've gotten the feeling, like I said, that's just being treated as a mid card throwaway match rather than the main event level it should be shown. I'm M three, and this is my opinion for March twenty eighth, two thousand seventeen. That was my thoughts on SmackDown Live. We'll we'll see how. The build continues toward WrestleMania with one week left before the biggest show of the year. Remember to uh, check out uh, our sports podcast as well. I'll be continuing a preview series of 
all of the divisions in Major League Baseball a little bit later today. Got two more divisions to get to in uh, the National League. As well, at any time, you can send me any questions, comments, thoughts, opinions you have through either my Facebook page for my other podcast, Keeping It Sports When I'm 3. On Facebook, you can find it facebook.com slash Keeping Sports When I'm 3. On Twitter, you can find me at M3Rosansky. And also through the Anchor app or anchor.com. FM slash I'm M3. This is my opinion. Using your phone at any time, you can send me a recorded message. And hey, if I like it, maybe I'll use it on a future podcast. Everybody have a great day. And I'll talk to you again very soon. Peace.